Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Psalm chapter 119, verse 11. If you've got a Bible, Psalm 119, verse 11. Uh, we're in a series that we started a couple weeks ago called Adrift. And uh, the subtitle for this series is Guardrails to Save Your Life. And in case you haven't been here or you've been sleeping, let me just give you the premise of the whole series. The premise of this whole series is that every single one of us, uh, some will loud and proud just say, that's me. That's me. That all of us, we are prone to drift away from what is good away from what is right, away from what is healthy, away from what is beneficial for our life. All of us, we are prone to to drift. And we're prone to drift for two reasons. Number one, the Bible says in 1 John 5, 19, we won't read it, but you could put it in your memory if you want. But 1 John 5, 19 says this, that the whole world, the whole world is under the sway or or the, 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 the push of the evil one. There is no neutral, I hope you know that, that in life there is no like, well, no, that's this good, that's like God, Christian, I get that. This is evil, sex, drugs, rock and roll, and people that love cats, this is evil over here, that's, that's like Satan over there. But like right here is neutral, like I'm, there's no neutral in life. The, the Bible says that John 10, 10, I'll quote it again, that Jesus has come to give us life, but the thief or the evil one, he desires to steal kill and destroy all that is good for us. And, and he does not do that by being overt. He does that by convincing us that we don't need God. And, and the whole world, the Bible says, it's under the sway of the evil one. It, it's what's so danger, dangerous about just letting our life just conform to culture. Well, you know, everyone does this. Well, everyone says this. Well, you know, the world, it it just, it works like this. The danger in that is the whole world is swayed. The whole world is is leaning towards the way of the evil one, but but maybe even more dangerous than, than that. Uh, do this with me. Everyone just, just show me your finger real quick. Not the middle one, FYI, in case someone was confused. Um, and just point at yourself. And and just with me real quick, just say, I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the I, I, I am. Because here's what the Bible says. I'm part of the solution. Thank you so much. You are a genius. Uh, but Galatians 5.17 says this, that our flesh or that thing in you that just desires what it desires, it, it's contrary to the things of God. So, so by the way, so often it's not just the devil that's like, you know, messing with you. It's you that's messing with you. Because the Bible goes, your own flesh your desires, the things in you like, well, I want this. This seems good. This seems appropriate. This seems right. Your own flesh, the Bible goes, it rages against the spirit of God so that you actually can't walk in both at the same time. You can't walk in your ways and in God's ways. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. And thus, every single one of us, we are prone to to drift. I told you the story uh, the, the, the first week, uh, but my son, again, wild man Graham, who's four years old, we went to the beach this past summer and it only took like 10 seconds. And he's out in the ocean because he loves the waves and he's, you know, like head, you know, butting the waves and trying to like punch them and he's getting destroyed. But I'm like watching him 
And he's like, here's me. He gets in the water. And like every 10 seconds, it's just. And before you know it, he doesn't even realize it. He's just punching waves. He's karate chopping waves. He's like, get some ocean. You, and, and before he knows it, like he's way down there. You know, my wife's right here. Like, are you going to get him? I'll get him in a minute. I'm comfortable. I'm watching him. But he's, he's drifting. And so often in life, we don't even realize it. So that's a dangerous place to be, by the way. And I know by experience, we can just drift. I, I remember... I filmed a sermon today for something we're doing, and I was saying in the sermon that I filmed, I remember 7th, 8th, and ninth grade were probably my farthest years away from God, period. Because 7th, 8th, and ninth grade, I found myself in a group of people that uh, none of them were, were following Jesus, and all of them were moving this direction. And different sermon, different day, but the power of relationship, it matters. And, and I remember waking up like ninth grade year. R- really, it wasn't ninth grade year. I remember waking up. Uh, we moved my 10th grade year from Southern California. I grew up in L.A. for the first 15 years of my life. And we moved from Southern California to South Carolina. And I can remember sitting in my parents' car in the back seat. Like, you, you guys don't know about this. You're too young. You don't know about this. With my, with my little Walkman CD player. Anybody, do you remember a little Walkman CD player? Like it bumps and skips. Like, oh, hey, mo- drive more careful, Dad. You're skipping my CD right now. But I got my headphones in. And I remember just like having this epiphany, like, how did you get here? Like, how in the world did your life get this far from center? How in the world did what you are okay with and what you're willing to do, where your mind, how in the world did you get so far away from where you know is right? It's because we drift. And, and, and God is so flipping good that what God has done through his word is God goes, hey, hey, son, daughter, I know you are prone to drift. I know you are prone to find yourself far from where you should be. And thus, I will provide for you guardrails I'll provide for you ways in my word that if you will give yourself to them, then they will protect you and they will keep you from the drift. One of the things I, we're gonna talk about this later in the series, but, but I'm so thankful that I had a mom and dad that, that kept my butt in church. By the way, how many show of hands, I'm gonna be right there, right there with you, like 90% of the time, you think your parents need medication and like, they're like, it's like, bro, like, what are you talking about? Like, like so much of my life, I'm like, God, what, why did you put me in this family? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, I know I'm a pastor's kid, but like the rule is what? It doesn't even make sense to me. But, but all these years later, I look back and I go, thank God that you gave me the mom and dad I had. Because all the rules that I'm like, this is so dumb. I I look back and kind of like a boat that you tie to a dock. Every time my life tried to drift, these guardrails would yank me back to to, to where I should be. And this is what God's word does. God's word, it anchors our life. It ties something to us that puts guardrails around our life so we do not drift. And tonight what I want to talk about is I want to talk about the guardrail of getting God's word in our heart. 
Psalm 119, verse 11, it, it says this. Uh, the psalmist is writing, and he says in Psalm 119, verse 11, he says, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word I've hidden in my heart. Why? Because I'm a good Christian? No. Because I'm really godly? No. Because um, I got to check all the boxes off and do my daily devotions? No. He goes, your word I've hidden in my heart like a guardrail so that I might not sin or drift away from you. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The title of the sermon that I want to preach is simply this. I have an answer for that. Look at your neighbor and say, I got all the answers, bro. I got all the answers. Like, but hold, but seriously though, uh, show hands. Do you have a friend? And by the way, if, if, if you don't know, then you probably are that friend. Um, do you have a friend that thinks they have all the answers? Do you have this friend? Like, I had a friend in high school. He would say the most dumb stuff because he thought he had all the answers. I remember legitimately, we were having lunch one day in the cafeteria, and, and it comes up, like random conversation at lunch, it comes up, hey, what do you think the greatest guitar solo is of all time? And the conversation immediately kind of goes to, like, who knows? Like, first of all, you've never even heard all the guitar solos. Um, some of them haven't even been recorded. And plus, like, I mean, how are you judging that? And my friend, just chomping on chicken tenders, nah, man, Stairway to Heaven solo, greatest of all time. Like, you, no, but like, you, you don't even, nope. Like, I know. Stairway to heaven solo, great. And like, you don't, but he, he thinks he knew everything. One time we were driving in the car and it was a group of us, we were going somewhere um, and, and this truck passes by full of cattle. One of my friends goes, man, I'm, I wonder how much a cow weighs. And this idiot, he's like, 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 when you think you know everything, you don't even break a stride. He's like, six to 800 pounds. And we're all like, how do you know that, though? I just, it's, just, it's common knowledge, bro. Everyone knows that. I'm sorry. It's 600 to 800 pounds. Like, no, no, no biggie. And, and a friend of mine, he's like, wait a minute. Let me look that up. And so he looks it up. He's like, try like 1,600 to 2,000 pounds. And it was the one time in all of my friendship with this guy that he goes, all right, I kind of made that one up. I guess I didn't know. But like, he just lived always having all the answers. That is not me. It's never been me. Uh, do you guys still have summer reading, like for high school or for middle school? Or like, okay, when I was in high school, you know, 3,000 years ago, um, we had summer reading. So you'd like read a book for the summer. And then when you got back to school, you got tested on it. And one year I'm like, I don't need to do that. These tests are way too easy. Like I'm, I'm good. And so I didn't read the book. And I can remember getting the test and just staring at it like, I don't even know if these are the right characters. Like, what's, what was the plot line? Uh, I remember looking at the cover like, I wonder, like, I don't know. It was like a lot of grass and stuff, maybe, like, agriculture. Like, I had no idea because I, I, I didn't read it. There's nothing worse in life than getting a question or, or, or facing a challenge and you don't have the answer. Can I just propose to you tonight, the reason so many people drift far from God is because they do not have the answers they need when they need them. See, because here, here's what, what, what you gotta know. Um, this, this battle that we're in, it's not a battle of willpower. It's not a battle of determination. 
Like, has anybody besides for me, have you ever been in a, model a church service camp, maybe just the privacy of your bedroom, and you've been doing the wrong thing, but you're like, that's it, man, never again. I swear, I'll never do it. Like, you ever been there before? And, and a lot of times that motivation is like, that's it, nope. Next time I'm at that party, I'm gonna try so much harder. God, trust me, Lord, never again. I'll be more, I'll be more determined. I'll be stronger, I'll be more, fa- and the reason you fail is because it's actually not a battle of willpower. It's actually not a battle of determination. It's not a battle of gritting your teeth and being like, nope, I'm not, I'm not going to, that's not how it works. See, the battle we're in, it is a battle of words. Someone say words. It's a battle of words. And, and you might not realize that, but it is the reality that that everything we do, every sin, every temptation, every decision we make, it starts right here. And, and maybe we don't think about it in forms of questions, but it really is questions. It, re- it really is. It's, it's questions like, well, that seems like it would be really, really fun. Why not? Honestly, I'm really tired. I'm really stressed. I feel like that right there would give me the satisfaction that I need to just take a break right now. Why not? Like, like why is that a, a big deal, actually? It's for, forms of questions like, well, I know that this is like the, the line. This is what God says. But why does that matter, though? It's, it's a battle of words that often comes in the form of questions. Like, don't take my forward for it. Go to the Bible and start at the very beginning. Did you know that the enemy, the one who is our adversary and who is the one trying to, trying to get us to drift, playing off our flesh, by the way, being like, oh yeah, you feel that way. That seems good. You should go for that. From the beginning, his strategy was asking questions. Hey, Eve, did God really say you shouldn't eat that fruit? And, and what happens for so many of us is that when we get in the midst of temptation, when we get in the midst of, of, of deciding the, uh, making decisions that will decide our character, will determine our, the direction of our destiny, we don't have the answers to the questions we face and thus we, we drift. If you're taking notes, you can write this down, just first thought, and it's simply this, that you drift when you don't have an answer. You drift when you have no answer. I, I mentioned a moment ago that um, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade were like probably my most difficult years and my, 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 my furthest years away from God. And um, uh, it would not be beneficial for any of us for me to like go down the list of things that I found myself like getting, getting into. But, but I'll tell you this, I can remember internally and I can remember externally lots of questions I didn't have answers for. Um, do, do you have a friend or do you know someone that they're like a really good motivator in the wrong direction? This, this was my best friend for three years. And, and I, I can't tell you how many times they'd be like, bro, tonight, let's go fill in the blank. And I'd be like, ah, because you're not like going to admit you don't want, you're like, ah, you know, honestly, bro, I think I'm good. You know, I'm kind of like, hey, why not? Well, I just, I don't like, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, but, but why? And I remember so often getting in scenarios and situations internally, but also in like social settings that I just didn't have the answers. 
I'm, I'm facing questions internally. I'm, I'm, I'm debating things. I'm wondering things. My flesh and what I desire is pulling me. The enemy's questioning what, 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 what I think is right. And yet I have no answers. Thus the psalmist says, Psalm 119 verse 11, we'll read it again. He says this. He says, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The psalmist writes and he, he goes, um, God, I, I, I kind of realized something. That when I find myself out here and I don't know what to say and I don't know what to do and I don't really understand fully why it is that I should do what I, sh- what I should do, but I don't, he's like, I, without your word, I'm, I'm, I'm toast. I realize that if I don't have your word in my heart, I don't have the answers. And so I've hidden your word. I've stored your word. I've put your word in my heart so that I might not drift. Number two, just jot this down. The answer, it always comes from God's word. The answer always comes from God's word. Now, let me me preface real quick. Um, The Bible does not have the answer to everything. Some will say everything. The Bible doesn't have the answer for everything. So if you're like, Pastor Brandon, honestly, um, who should I marry? Like, I brought, I've been looking like chapter and verse, and like, there's Esther, there's Ruth, there's a woman named Deborah I found in here. Um, but I don't, like, I don't know any women with those names. Like, who do, who do I ask to prom? Like, who, who do I give my heart to? The Bible doesn't have the answer to everything, but here's what I will tell you. The Bible speaks to every issue of life. God's word speaks to every issue of life. I dare you, like not right now, because that'd be weird in front of everybody, but like I would love to sit down and I guarantee you, you cannot find a subject or an issue of a life on this planet the Bible does not speak to. This is why the Bible goes, hey, God, in, in you, we have all things, someone say all things, we have all things pertaining to life and godliness. God, you've actually given us everything we need for life in seventh grade, for life in a homeschool co-op in 11th grade. God, you've given us all things for life and for godliness. I think one of the greatest examples of all time of this it's actually Jesus. And, and we, we won't read the whole passage, but, but I'm gonna show you a couple of verses. In Luke chapter four, uh, Jesus, the Bible says, he led by the spirit of God into the wilderness. Brandon, that's weird. Why would God lead him into the wilderness? Let me just pause and say, a lot of times when God's really trying to get a hold of you, do you know what he does? He starts leading you away from places. He starts leading you away from relationships. He starts leading you into a place that might feel like isolation, but really it's just concentration. He's trying to get your attention because he wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal himself to you. He he, he wants to help you to know who you are and bring healing and confidence to your life. And so so the Bible says that uh, Jesus, he's led into the wilderness by, by, uh, by the spirit of God. But in the wilderness, the Bible goes, Jesus is tempted four times. And and what I think is interesting, and I want you to see it tonight, is that every single time he's tempted, he answers a certain way. Look at this, Luke chapter four, verse four. Look at what it says. It says, but Jesus answered him, it is written. 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Here's, here's the first temptation. The, the enemy comes and he goes, hey, it's been 40 days and 40 nights. You've been fasting. You are hungry. Like, no duh. He goes, what you should do is, like, wh- why don't you exercise your power and turn these stones into bread? R- really what this was a temptation of, it was a temptation of, hey, like, you make it happen for yourself. Which, by the way, is one of the temptations a lot of us are facing in here tonight is the reason we can't really get confident in God's ways because we feel like if I don't, it won't. No, 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 Brandon. Like, like I, I, I get this God stuff, but you don't understand. I'm about to hit senior year. I got some decisions coming up. And if I don't make it happen, it's not going to happen. And one of the first temptations the enemy always brings to us is, is to go, hey, make it happen for yourself. I know God says this, but you make it happen because you can't really trust him. I, I, I know someone right now that they just threw away. Well, I won't tell you what they threw away, but they threw away something precious. And, and what it came down to was they really didn't trust that God could provide for them. And, and they, like we, we probably talked for like months and every time it's like, I just don't know. Because if I don't make this decision, which by the way was a moral compromise, if I don't make this decision though, like, I don't know if it's gonna work out. And, and so they opted to morally compromise to try to provide something for themselves they didn't trust God would provide. This is the temptation. He goes, why don't you just provide bread for yourself? And Jesus, his answer is, no, 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 no. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Go to the next one, Luke 4, verse 8. Listen to what it says. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Do you know the second temptation that comes to every single one of us is the temptation to give our worship, to give our attention. By the way, that's all worship is. Worship is attention. Worship is value. There are some of you in this room, you worship the likes you get on Instagram. You worship people's opinion of you. You worship the car you drive. Worship is just attention and value. It's all it is. And, and one of the temptations that comes to every one of us is give your worship to someone or something else. The, the enemy comes to Jesus and he goes, hey, um, all right, here's the deal. You passed the test, I get it. All right, whatever, you're, 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 you're the God man. Um, but here, here, here's what, what I wanna do. I wanna offer you a deal. If you will bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth. You, you know what's interesting? is that when Jesus would lay his life down and when he'd be crucified and raised on the third day, the Bible says that God exalted him because he humbled himself under God. God exalted him to be the king of all kings. You know what this tells me? That this offer, hey, bow down and worship me and I'll give you everything. It actually wasn't something that Jesus shouldn't have. It just wasn't in the timing God wanted it. Like let's talk for just a second about how much of the temptation that we face, it's not because it's not a good thing. It's just a good thing in the wrong time. It's not because it's not what God wants for you. It's just not time for you to have that. And so much of the temptation we face is, hey, give your worship to this person. Give your worship to this thing. Give your worship to this thing right here and take for yourself what God promised he will give you later right now. 
You know, the Bible says that anything grabbed out of time, it's sweet in your mouth, but it's bitter in your stomach. Did you know there's things that, yeah, sure, like, go for it. Grab it. Take it. Indulge in it. It'll be sweet in your mouth and bitter in your soul. There's a story in the Bible of this guy, and, like, this is kind of off topic, but there's a story in the Bible of this guy, and he really, really wanted this woman. And, and he, he could have had her as a wife, but, he, but, but he, I want you now. The Bible says that he schemed and he, he manipulated and he ends up taking advantage of this woman and he ended up raping her. And the Bible says he did it because he had this love and this passion that was uncontrollable and he loved her with everything he had. And the Bible said as soon as he crossed the line that he hated her with even more than he loved her. There are things that you, you, okay, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just not in this timing. And if you take it out of timing, it'll be sweet in your mouth and bitter in your soul. And Jesus goes, no, get behind me, Satan. Look at this, put it back up there. Luke 4, 8. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. We'll do this next two quickly. Luke 4.12, 4, or this last one, Luke 4.12. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan. Luke 4.12, I'm sorry, Luke 4.12. Luke 4 to the 12. I could go there if I need in my Bible. Luke 4 to the 12. All right, who, who wins, computer or me? Who wins? Who wins? You. You got it. All right. <laughs> and Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. This third temptation, I'm sorry, there's three, not four. The, the enemy comes, he goes, all right, okay, well, if God really is God, and you're, you're gonna like let him provide for you, and you're gonna worship him, oh, okay, I get it, bro, God, God's God, you're the God guy, I get it, okay, cool. Um, then prove it. If God's really God, throw yourself down from this cliff, because the Bible says, see, here's a lot of your problems. And please, I hope you don't get offended by this. It's just the truth. Um, the devil knows the Bible better than you do. And that's why you're getting your butt kicked, by the way. And, and the devil goes, okay, 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 okay. But the Bible says, J-Man, uh, the Bible says that, that, uh, that, he, that he, he won't let you dash your foot against a stone, that he'll lift you up. He'll send his angels to cover you. So fine, like if, if God really is that guy, throw yourself down off this cliff and see what happens. See, what, what, what how often happens is when we pass the first two tests and we go, no, I'm gonna let God be the one that provides for me because I trust him. No, 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 I'm gonna give my attention and my worship to him and I'm gonna let him bring to me in the right time what he's promised me. What ends up happening is the enemy starts tempting us like this. Fine, we'll prove that God's God then. Okay, well, if God was really God, and he was really worth serving and really worth trusting, then why is all this happening in your family right now? Wouldn't God just fix it? Oh, if God's really, really awesome and you can really trust him, then, then wouldn't God just like make that disease go away? And all of a sudden the enemy starts using scripture and things we believe about God and he starts twisting them and he goes, hey, fine, throw yourself off the mountain, see what happens. And I love Jesus and Jesus answered and said to him, it has actually been said, you shall not tempt the Lord, your God. See, what I, what, I, what I think is so interesting is, remember, Jesus is Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. So inherently, go with me for a second, 
Anything and everything he says is automatically red letters. Like, like, you know, in the Bible, like all the things in the Gospels that Jesus said, like they're in red. It's like he, he speaks and they're like red highlight, red highlight. These are the words. Anything he said would have automatically become the word of God. But Jesus demonstrating for us the, the pattern. Jesus did not use what he knew. Jesus knew what God already said. Jesus didn't use his opinion. Jesus used what he knew God already said. And every single time he goes, nah, nah. See, it's written. Man doesn't live by bread alone. See, no, it's, it's written that even if this didn't come through and I didn't get that, that promotion, even if I don't get that girl, even if, I don't, even if I don't get it, God's word tells me I don't live by stuff, I live by him. No, 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 no. Okay, like I, like, I get that. But God's word, it is written, you shall not worship anyone but God. No, 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 okay, okay, no, I, I get it. But it is written, you shall not tempt or test the Lord your God. Jesus demonstrates for us that the answers always come from God's word. Now, we are not going to, like, study these um, uh, but, but I just want to, want to read you just two, two scriptures and we'll read them quickly for time's sake. But Proverbs 6, 20 through 24, listen to this. I'm gonna read just really quickly so keep up with me, computer. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of, of your mother. Verse 21, bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. Verse 22, when you roam, listen, when you roam, they will lead you. And when you sleep, they will keep you. And when you wake, they will speak with you. Verse 23, for the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. For proofs of instructions, they are the way of life. Verse 24, to keep you from the evil woman. Listen to this, from the flattering tongue of a seductress. Proverbs uses as an illustration for sin, the immoral or adulterous woman, the, the evil woman. In Proverbs 6, 20 through 24 that we just read, the, the author says, you take this commandment and you, you bind it to your heart. You get it as close to you as you can. You get this thing and you hold on to it and you give your whole life to it and you get it in your heart and it'll keep you when you roam. It'll protect you when you sleep. It'll speak to you and give you instruction when you wake. And verse 24 says, and it will keep you or guard you from evil, from the flattering tongue of temptation. Proverbs 7, 1 through 5, we'll read this super quick. Just go with me. Don't even, don't even let me say the verse. Just, just go with me. Proverbs 7, 1 through 5. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live in my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Verse four, say to wisdom, you're my sister and call understanding your best friend. Verse five, that they may keep you. Same word, that they may keep you from the immoral woman and the, from, from the seductress who flatters with her words. The, the psalmist goes, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Point number three, and we're gonna close right here. Kimberly, you can come play and we'll, we'll end right here. Point number three, write this down though. Um, you have to put in the time. You gotta put in the time.
Someone say time. You got to put in the time. You might say, uh, Brandon, so how do I get to the point where um, I, I can just be chilling? I don't have a Bible in sight. Didn't realize that the charger wasn't plugged in and my iPhone is dead. And because my phone is dead, my soul is dead too. And, and anybody, do you ever feel like that? Your phone dies and you're like, game over. What am I even going to do today? Um, so how, how do I get to the point where I don't, like, I don't have a Bible close by, yet, yet when my flesh start, starts pulling me, yet, yet when, when friends, when culture, when the world starts pulling me, how do I get to the point that just like that, I can go, nah, God's word says this. See, and, and let me just say this, while, while Kimberly starts making it sound really spiritual in here. Um, when, 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 that's not the spirit I was looking for. Um, thank you. Um, but, but see, it's not just knowing scripture. Can I just say that real quick? And then I'm going to tell you how, how you do it. It's not just knowing scripture because there's a lot of verses, you know, let's just be honest tonight. You have no clue what they mean. Have you ever heard people misquote scripture? It's one of my favorite things. It makes me so happy to listen to people and go, Wow, that's not even close, bro. And usually I don't correct them because like, it's not a big deal. Like we're at Starbucks, it's fine. I get it. I'm a pastor. You, you got to say something spiritual because you feel compelled. I get it. But please don't get that tattooed on your arm because that's not the right verse for you. But, but it's understanding it. Jesus didn't just know scripture. He understood God's word. The Bible says when Jesus was 12 years old, um, he, he, he went away from his parents and they were like, oh my gosh, we lost the son of God. Where is he? And they found him. They found him in the temple. Listen to this. Asking questions of the religious leaders. Here's Jesus at 12 years old. He's in the temple asking questions. Okay, but what about this? Okay, but what does that mean though? Okay, hold on for a second. So, like, but, but, but if Moses said this, and, and, and he, was a tw- he was a student of the scripture. And so, so when the enemy came and said, make yourself some bread, he didn't go, no, I can't. Because <laughs> God said we don't live by bread alone. <laughs> no, he, the thing in him went like, no, I'm, I'm good actually. Because I'm not looking to something else to satisfy this void on the inside. I'm, I'm not looking for sex to satisfy this hole in here. I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm not looking for a substance or for an escape. To sa- Only God can satisfy this. It, it, it's written, man shall not live on that stuff. He, he, he lives by, by the word and the spirit. See, Jesus, he knew the scripture. That's why we gotta study and give ourselves to understanding God's word. So Brandon, how in the world do I get to the point where I have no Bible? Because by, by the way, when temptation comes, so, so, someone say when temptation comes. All right, ready for the most encouraging thing I'll say all night? It's too late. It's too late. When, when, there, there's this pastor, I love this quote. He says, hey, when, when, uh, when opportunity knocks, you better be dressed. In, in other words, what he's saying is, hey, like when opportunity comes, it's too late to go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not ready, too, too late. 
And in the same way, when temptation comes, oh my gosh, hold on for a second. Will you give me 10 minutes? I need to call my youth pastor and go, what is the, it's too late. Because when you find yourself being pulled, if you don't have something in you that anchors you and keeps you, you are gone. So how in the world do I get God's word in my heart? So I already gave you the point, but you have to put in the time. Galatians 6, 7 through 9, we'll read this scripture and then we're going to pray and we're going to be done. But I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. We're going to read two more scriptures because they're so good and you need them. Galatians 6, 7 through 9, listen to this. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. I love this verse nine. And don't grow weary while doing good, for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. This is why we had to read the other one. Second Corinthians 9, 6, it's really short. Listen to what it says, Second Corinthians 9, 6. It goes, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Did, did you know that the Bible goes, whatever you sow, whatever you invest in, you reap that. And whatever you sow in like bountifully a lot, you reap it bountifully. And whatever you sow in just a little bit, you only get a little bit of return. See, we've gotten duped because we, we think we can invest little into the things of God and get big results. This doesn't work like that. Like anybody besides for me, you're embarrassed about the useless information you know. Like it is embarrassing how much useless information I know about the Los Angeles Lakers. I was, I was, I was talking to someone the other day and I'm like, hey, did you know? And I just start like about the dynasty of the Lakers. Dude, hey, did you know back in the 70s that Jerry West did this? And, and I'm like, and they're looking at me like, cool, buddy. Like, who, who cares? It's embarrassing how many song lyrics I know. Like, like you get me in a public place and any song from the 90s or early 2000s come on, like when I was like, and I'm like, I'm there and I'm sitting. I know so much random stuff. And sometimes it's kind of embarrassing how little scripture is in my heart. And it all comes down to, you gotta put in the time. We have to be willing to say, all right, God, I, I gotta start giving you time. I gotta start reading your word. I gotta start studying your word. I, I gotta start like memorizing your word. Can I tell you that memorizing scripture is so powerful? Um, there's a verse I remember my parents put on, on our fridge when I was in, in first grade. Don't ask me how I remember, but I just remember I was in first grade. And, and they put on our fridge, it's probably for them, Romans 10, 17. So the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The faith comes by hearing and hearing. And, and because I memorized that off a refrigerator in first grade, like in my heart, I'm, oh, Romans 10, 17? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want faith, you gotta hear, and I, it's, in me. See, we got to be willing to just start daily putting in the time to say, God, I can't get to be like there overnight, but I can get there though. 
I'm, I'm not going to be able to, be, to, to like, be like Jesus like that tomorrow, but actually I can be like that. I just have to put in the time. Last thing I'll say, we're praying. This is one of my favorite quotes, and I'm gonna actually ask you to repeat it just because I want you to like hear it, but say it. Um, say consistency, consistency. Eventually, eventually works exponentially. Let's say it again. Consistency eventually works exponentially. This is why I don't have a six pack. Because I'm like, yo, bro, I'm like, we're about to get like shred season right now. Time to go Arnold Schwarzenegger. Get, and, and I'm like, man, I worked on it for a whole week. It didn't, it's because consistency eventually works exponentially. So often we throw in the towel way too soon because we've been consistent for all of a week. We've been consistent for all of a season. We've been faithful for all of what is a short period. We go, I'm not getting the, not getting the results. Consistency eventually works exponentially. And I'm telling you, if you will just give yourself consistency, consistently to God's word, just consistently you'll read the scripture, consistently you'll memorize scriptures, consistently you'll listen to sermons, uh, consistently you'll be in God's house, you will eventually have an exponential result where God's word is so flooded and filled your heart that this word hidden will protect you and preserve you God, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We, 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 we want to win the war. We got to have the answers. The reason we're getting our butt kicked is we just want to have the answers. And all the answers we need, they come from God's word. He's faithful to speak to us. He's faithful to teach us. He's faithful to help us. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.